That's fine. All right, good morning and welcome once again. And we're our first Sunday in March already. And, uh, you know, we talked about purpose and I told you that purpose was going to be a constant theme because God has purpose in everything that he does. And we've been studying about God's purpose and how that works. And we're going to, to see a little bit of that today in an example of how we take something from the word of God and then we can look at it and see what his purpose is with it. And we're going to start off with our, our text today, and uh, that's going to come from James chapter 3. And we're going to uh, actually go through that whole chapter. It's a short chapter, only 12 verses. So we're going to go through that. And we're talking about today of the, the dangers of the tongue. Ooh. James 3. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condition. For in many things we do not offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths so they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Behold, also, ships which they are to be so great, they are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, wheresoever the governor lists. Even though the tongue is a little member and boasts the greatest things, behold how great a matter of the fire kindreth. And in the tongue there is a fire of the world of iniquity, also the tongue among our members, that is, devours the whole body and settleth on fire of course of nature, and is set on the fire of hell. For every kind of beast and birds and serpents and things in the sea is tamed, and hot be tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and wherewithin curse men, which thou have made after the flammitude of God. And out of the same mouth for he was blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not be so. Do forth a fountain and set forth the same place, sweet water and bitter. The fig trees of my brethren bear olive berries, either a vine or a fig. So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. So we're talking about the tongue. What we say. So we have to, to break that down. What is God's purpose in this? He gave us a whole chapter, 12 verses, about taming the tongue. And there's other places throughout the Word that you can find more examples of how this is important. And we need to understand why this is so. Now, if we want to venture back to the beginning of the Bible and look at the creation story God tells us in his word that he did what to create he spoke he simply said let there be light and the light formed 
And later as we move into the, the New Testament, we find Jesus telling us that we have power. He tells us that if you have seen me, you have seen my Father. And he also tells us that we will do things as he has done, and we will also do greater things. So let's put the pieces together there, and we have God that can speak things into existence. And we have Jesus, the Son of God, that tells us that we can do things through the power that he has bestowed upon us through salvation. And we also can look at other examples of what Jesus did. You know, there wasn't a big spectacle when Jesus created a miracle. It just simply was. He gave the example of the centurion that had his servant that needed help, and he wasn't on site. And he explained that he didn't have to be there because it wasn't necessary. He could simply say it, and it would be done. When Jesus was confronted with people that were possessed by demons, he spoke to the unclean spirits, and they had to respond. We see time and time again that simply by saying things unleash the power. Let's take it a step further. What are we doing when we talk to God? When we pray? We're making our requests known to God. And of course, God already knows what we're going to say before we're saying it. But the purpose of it is, you know, for, of course, for our connection, our relationship with God. But it gives him authority. We say, God, we need you to come down. I give you the authority over my life, over my problem, over my situation, over my house, or whatever the situation is. And that allows God to work. We're opening the door and we're letting him in. And we're doing it by words. One of our strongest weapons is to be able to, to pray, to be able to communicate with God. And it's all done by words, by speaking. That is, is one purpose. Now, we've talked about in the past the term I've coined as default negative. That we tend to automatically go to a, a dark place. We go to the worst case scenario. We play out all the ways things can go wrong in our mind. And many times that's not the way things turn out. Many times we make things a lot worse than they really are. And we worry and we fear about it and we have anxiety, and we have all of these situations because we go to that dark place. God wants us to go in the opposite direction. When we're faced with adversity, he wants us to turn to him. He wants us to be at peace 
knowing that he has everything under control. That we are in his hands. That he will take care of us. He will see us through whatever difficulty that we have. We have a hard time doing that. We go to the opposite direction. We have a hard time staying in faith because of this. See, these are all tools of the world, all tools of Satan to push us away from God. Because it's, it's, our, it's our default setting. It's part of being in this world, in this body. We go to the negative. We have to actively work to change our, our thinking and our, the way we do things. And so many times we are letting things just spill out of our mouths that is harmful and we don't we don't even realize it. And you might be thinking now as you're hearing this, well, that's just ridiculous. These are just words and they don't really have any meaning. But yet, as we are able to communicate more, we were just talking before services this morning and about different incidences that happen in life. And we hear about, you know, accidents. We hear about people getting hurt. And it's not that it's happening more. It's just that we have more information. Things are more readily available now. For if we look backwards in the history, communication became less and less. For early stages, it was whatever people could write down. Books were scarce because people had to literally copy them by hand. Only the important and the rich could be able to have these kind of documents because they were so scarce. It took so long to reproduce. And eventually, machines came along where we could make copies. Things were spread by word of mouth. That's how we got information. And we know from exercises and, and things that things change and evolve as it gets passed down from person to person. Details get lost and changed and mixed up. And then we moved forward, we finally was able to write things down in the form of, of letters. We had a mail system, then a, a, a telegraph, and then finally the phone. And these were all advancements in technology and communication, and we was able to get information faster and faster. And then that TV came, where... A person could get on and we could watch the news and we could see things happening as it happened. But that's on a, on a, a worldwide scale or a local scale. But now, through the internet, through social media, we can have instant information. And not only about what's going on in the world, what's going on with our friends and family. That... Just a click of a few buttons, the typing of a few words, and it can be sent out to everyone that you follow. 
And this comes with a price. Because not only is it easy to get out what we need, to be able to share things with people. And so many times we neglect to share the, the good things. You know, we put out the big stuff. You know, if we're going to have a wedding, we're going to have a baby, we're going to sell a share a, a milestone in life. You know, we put those kind of things out. Maybe if we got something grand, but we don't talk about the little things. How often do you see a, a praise? Praising God. And it doesn't have to be something huge. We have miracles every day. We have blessings every day. One thing we don't have every day is them being brought to the surface. But if there's something wrong, something that is troubling us, we're going to, to put that out there. Because... As our default negative selves, we are drawn to that kind of stuff. Before we had such instant access to information, when, when print was a big deal, remember going into the grocery stores and you see all of the tabloid magazines. And... They would fill up the front of them things with different things, talking about your, your favorite celebrity or politician or, or somebody that you knew through TV, movies, whatever the case may be. And then they threw some kind of something negative in the mix, that they were breaking up, that they were abducted by aliens, that they had some kind of heinous crime they were hiding. It was something that would draw you in. And the idea was they had the things up there at eye level and you're sitting there waiting for your groceries to go down the belt and you see it and you read it and you want to find out more. So you pick it up and you buy it and you take it with you. And we've never really gotten over that. We use that same model in our individual lives. Because we know that the negativity is going to draw attention. And we seek attention. You change your online status to, to feeling good, nobody really thinks too much of it. But if you change it to heartbroken, then what's going to happen? Oh, what happened? What's going on? People want to know all the juicy, gossipy details of the negativity. You look at the front page of the newspaper, you can find one of those, and it's the same thing. We don't see how a cat got rescued from a tree, but we do see all of the murder and violence, fraud, who committed what crime, what kind of injustice happened, and we, they put it there for us to see, so we'll pick up and we'll indulge in it. So now we have this, this instant access, 
And more than ever, we have higher suicide rates, especially among young people. And that can be tracked down to two different things. One thing is, is cyberbullying. Now, those of us that didn't grow up in, in this kind of technology world probably struggled with that a little bit. Because, you know, we had to face our bullies one-on-one. -on -one. But now, they can get to you from wherever you go. You flip on a screen, and they can say those hateful things. And just to show you how impactful words are, that these words cause people to believe that their lives are not worth living anymore. And they do something about it. Something that is irreversible. Something you can't come back from. And then another thing is, is the standards now that the world puts upon everyone. That you need to look a certain way. That you need to have these products. If you're not wearing these clothes and these shoes and, and these kind of accessories, that you are nothing. They take and make everything look perfect. You ever wonder why when you go get a hamburger from a fast food restaurant and you open up the wrapper and it looks nothing like that picture on TV? You don't see the crisp lettuce sticking out the side. You don't see the condensation on the lettuce because it's so cool. You don't see the melted cheese around the corner, the perfect bun, the sesame seeds, everything in perfect place. It's because that commercial hamburger is not real. It is not edible. It is built. They use toothpicks and artificial products to create this illusion of a perfect meal. And that's been a marketing ploy since marketing has began. And so you get this image in your head about what it's supposed to look like, but it's not real. And it's the same thing with people. We have all this technology today and we can Photoshop and we can touch up and we can highlight and we have filters and we can make people look nothing like they really are in person. You've seen these transformation videos and it's amazing how we can alter our looks. But when we see these perfect standards, we're not thinking about how they got to that point. 
The Kardashians only wear certain colors and solid prints of clothes. And the reason is, it's because it's easier to Photoshop. That every single picture that ever goes out for the public to see has to meet a certain standard. It has to look a certain way. It has to have all the flaws taken out. Everything has to look perfect. Otherwise, it's a no-go. And these are examples. They're selling products. They're selling clothes and perfumes and makeups and all these different kind of things. And what they're telling us is that if you want to look this way, you have to buy the stuff. But it's impossible because we don't have that technology to apply to our real selves, the selves that the world sees and we see in the mirror. But it's what words are telling us. And because of this, because people can't rise up to this unrealistic image that's being put before us, people give up. We do the same thing with, with church. We have people that come in and they are, are confused. They don't know what the truth is because they haven't heard it. But yet they get greeted with all these things that people are telling them the way they should do, how they should act, how they should look. If you want to fit in, you want to be part of us, this is what you need to do. And then that has no basis whatsoever in reality. We have many tiny screen preachers these days, which means they can pull out the little device in their pocket, they can flip on the recorder, they can talk about some things, they can post it, and the whole world can see it. And let me tell you, there is some outright lies and absolute garbage being put out there that is completely hateful, blasphemous, and totally against God. Twisting and turning and taking the word where it's not even recognizable. All to push their own personal belief system. Satan is alive and well. The war is raging and he is planning strategic attacks. And it's all done by words. All done by the tongue. Purpose. So what about us on a day-to-day? You know, if we're not attacking anybody, if we're not, you know, we're not spreading a false gospel, we're not doing anything like that. So what about us on a day-to-day? How does our, our tongues affect us? 
what do we what do we do when the something happens what kind of words do we do we say when the car cuts us off in traffic and you have to slam on your brakes what do we call them do we have something nice to say or do we have something derogatory what do we do when somebody messes something up we get our our fast food orders messed up the bank makes a mistake something like that happens are we uh nice about it or do we have mean things to say more commonly what about on the on the day to day how much stuff do we do we talk about in a positive light or a negative light that's a good homework assignment for you for this week i want you to just think about the things that you say out loud and kind of keep track mentally you ain't got to write it down if you don't want to but just kind of keep track mentally to the things that you're saying and see if you got a longer list on the positive side or the negative side someone asks you how you're doing what do we say well i'm still here i'm surviving my back hurts we walk around and we, and we have stuff that troubles us and we we keep talking about it we keep emphasizing on it dang my foot hurts my foot hurts my foot hurts and we just keep talking about it we bend down to pick something up oh there it goes again and we just keep emphasizing on every little thing that troubles us we keep sharing what troubles us continually now granted i'm not saying that we don't have troubles we do we have pain we have chronic illness we have outside troubles we have all these things that are a constant influence in our lives but the thing is we're all facing something and they're all going to keep coming sooner or later you get through one thing something else is going to pop up there's always going to be adversity in our lives god knows this god allows this because he wants us to come to him to help help he wants he wants to be able to help us overcome our adversity How many positive things do we talk about in a day? See, we don't think about the good stuff. When we do, we want it on a large scale. But you know, it's the it's the negativity that pecks at us and gets us little by little. It kind of wears us down, and then when the big thing comes along. We're too weak and it knocks us down. 
And then we find our way to get back up. Negativity wears us down. The world wears us down. Satan wears us down. We have them little demons and spirits and everything that gathers around us that whispers all this negativity into our lives and really works on us. And then big thing comes along, boom, knocks us down. But we can reverse that. You know, we get all the commercials. We talk about commercials today. We talk reverse the effects of aging. Reverse the effects of this. Reverse the effects of that. You know, we can reverse the effects of what the world does to us by taking that negativity, by taking the negative things that we say and speaking life. Speaking hope, speaking truth, speaking God's truth. And we just have to do it little by little. You know, we wake up. Instead of, man, I had a bad night's sleep. We could say, well, I have an opportunity to have a better night's sleep tonight. Instead of, oh, my back sure does hurt. Well, at least that's my only problem. And we need to start praising God. Now, we get the idea we're supposed to praise God, that's for His benefit. And I hope you keep learning now that everything that God says has purpose, and that purpose is for our benefit. Because if we are praising Him, we are building faith. We are seeking Him as our source. And no matter how smart you think you might be, no matter how much you think you can accomplish, we can only focus on so much in our minds. I think to the point now, I kind of picture my mind as a, as a bunch of VCR tapes, you know, because I'm a little bit older. And so they're starting to get full. So we're having to take some and put them into a new slot and record over them, you know, get rid of some of the old stuff. But we can only focus on so much at a time. So if we're bogged down and constantly talking about all the negative things in our life, we're constantly putting ourselves down, then we can't focus on the good things. We do that all the time. We walk around. It's like, well, I can't do what I used to. I'm not as smart as I used to be. I just did it a while ago. Didn't even think about it. I threw it in an example a while ago talking about the VCR tapes. Look how easy that was. Look how quickly. I'm up here trying to set an example, and I just overrode my example with my own downfall there. And we do that all the time. When we should be saying, look what God has helped me to accomplish. I may not be going as fast, but I'm still going. I may not be able to do what I used to do, but I am still doing. And instead of seeking a give up mentality, many of us get to that point where we just say, I can't do it anymore. 
The situation has, has sunk me. I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too sick, whatever the case may be, and we just give up. We should keep going. See, we've developed a, a system of thinking as, as humans that we've never should have accomplished. And it started from, from the fall of man. See, we take and we put everything into something to stop. We work so we can stop. We put in a work week so we can have a weekend. We seed into a system that's not of God. I was talking to a person the other day, and they were talking about, you know, they've worked for so many years, and now that they're retired, they just don't have enough. Because that was never God's system to work, 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 and then stop. And we're feeding it into something that's not of God. When we're taking our, our man-created money and we're throwing it into a man's created system, it's imperfect. And it's going to fail. You know, God, when he had Adam and Eve there in that garden, he didn't tell them, hey, flounder around. He gave them purpose. Adam, I need you to tend to the garden. All these animals need to be named. All these things that we've created, they, they got to have some names. So I'm going to need you to do that. And so on and so forth. It was never just, do nothing. God's always telling us to, to go and to do. He told Abram, go. He told him again, go up that mountain. Take your son with you. Go. Because it all has purpose. There's reward at the end. What happens? What happens to, to most of us? How would we have been if we were sitting there and God said, go? We start talking and we start saying, I can't do that. That I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm too old. I'm too. And these things that we say, they hold us back. They break our faith. They break our mental fortitude. They break our peace. And it's something that we're doing it to ourselves with our words because they have power. We can take that same power and we can turn it around. And just like how we do in the world, how a cruel world word can hurt. How we can say something negative, how we can call a name. Even if it's not even directed at us. Have you ever 
been around someone that uses curse words as adjectives, that they can't string along a sentence without using four or five. It tends to wane on our ears because we don't like the way it sounds. It's the same thing if we use something in positive. Hey, you look nice today. That changes our whole outlook, our whole demeanor, just by words. You think about the people in your lives that you care for, your spouse, your children. What has been the most important things that they've done? Is it what they've given you or what they've said to you? And also on the flip side of that, what hurts the most? What they've done or what they've said? We can all pretend to be tough and say that it doesn't matter. But sometimes even the smallest sentence can hurt bad. Cut deep and leave lasting scars. And then on the flip side of that, there's things that people have said. From telling their story, to being kind, to giving a nugget of information, some inspiration that will stick with you for a lifetime. That you can pull from it, draw from it, and reuse it and send it back out there in the world. It all comes from the tongue. It has the power to change the lives of others for the good or the bad and change the lives of yourself for the good or the bad. All in what we say. We wonder how people can get into situations, how a, a cult could get started, how people can be talked into do heinous things, how people can be lured away. It's all in the tongue. It's all in, in what they say. I've said many times, if it sounds good, we're willing to accept it. And so many times, things sound good that simply aren't. Be mindful. Think. And another thing we do, we get ready to close up here, is that we use our tongue way too much. Way too much. We feel like we have to get in the last word. We feel like that our opinion needs to be heard. We feel like that what we have to say is highly important and people need to know it. 
Most of the time, it's just not the case. Here's an example for you to think about. If you've uh, ever been in any kind of law enforcement or military training where anything where you use firearms, they always tell you to be aware of your backstop. You know where the the bullet's going to go. Because even if there's a threat in front of you, you have to be careful when you're neutralizing that threat of what, what's behind you. Because oftentimes things like walls or bushes are very transparent and the bullets will pass right through. So you need to be very mindful of that. Be very select. And you wouldn't want to be in a situation where you're just mindlessly pulling the trigger and just spraying an area, hoping to hit what you're hoping, and anything else you might hit is just collateral damage. That's never a situation that anybody would want to be in because there's a chance of great bodily harm. But in an essence, we do that with our words. We walk around and we spew nonsense. We're either talking out loud to ourselves, just spewing nonsense, or we are talking to others without any kind of rhyme or reason, with no factual motivation, or more importantly, with no real results. If we're just spewing our opinion and it doesn't have any real merit, then what is the purpose of saying it? Now, by all means, if someone's putting down God and we need to speak the truth, that's the time to rise up. We need to know the difference about what needs to be said and what is nonsense. Where we're just targeting a threat or we're just spraying and praying. So they say. Words are weapons. We don't need to use them frivolously. We need to think. And we need to work with God to tame our tongue, to direct it, and to use it in a godly manner. He gave us a mind to think. That's what we need to do first. We're in this fast-paced world now that we have to get everything out so quickly. Take a moment. Slow down. Think. Am I being negative? Am I putting negativity out there through my tongue? Am I speaking death or am I speaking life? And then correct your course of action. 